What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Five Out Podcast. Today, we are talking NBA playoff basketball. It's a great time to be talking about some playoff basketball. Um, you know, NBA gets a bad rap in the season because no one really cares about regular season basketball anymore. It's kind of coming to that. But when playoff basketball comes, basketball gets exciting. And man, oh, man, it's been an exciting couple. I'm almost going to say a week now. Um, it's been an exciting week of basketball. Jacob and I are going to cover it uh, this uh, today. But I've got a couple questions first for Jacob before we get started. The first question, these are both kind of basketball-related questions. The first one, though, would you rather have a shoe, like, named after you, like, kind of have, like, a LeBron, but it's, like, just, like, one one shoe. You don't get, like, you know, 15,000 shoes like LeBron does. Or have an award named after you, such as, like, the MVP or the Offensive Player of the Year. Which one would you rather have? Definitely an award. I think that uh, means more as a basketball player myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like in honor, like how the NBA did it for Kobe, naming the All-Star Game MVP after him. Um, I think that goes a lot further to you and your family and just your essential overall legacy and what you've done for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not everyone gets a shoot, like a shoot either. Like, you know, someone might get one here or there, like Mel, LeBron, Kyrie, KD, all those guys have a ton of shoes. But you know, they all obviously have great legacies that they've left in the NBA and left their mark there for sure. But I think an award, you know, that's something that'll last forever. You know, new shoes are going to be continued and continued to be made, you know, yearly with new stars coming up. Luke will probably get one soon. Zion just announced that he's getting one as well. Um, but, you know, like the Bill Russell finals MVP, that's something that's going to last forever. So I think the award would be super cool um, just to have under your name. I will say this is my only argument against you because I, I would rather have a shoe. Um, the simple fact of um, NBA awards or just awards in general, like I don't know a lot of their names. You know, I know that the Bill Russell, whenever the award is given out, I see that it's Bill Russell. But whenever I talk about it, I never say, oh, the Bill Russell award goes to right. such and such. You say the finals MVP goes to such and such. So that's my only argument is that I feel like like trophies, awards, their names like aren't talked about like if the mvp was named something else like after someone Mm -hmm. people talk about it you know whereas like a shoe even though a ton of people get shoes everyone knows about zion's Kyrie's, kd you know what i'm saying but there are a lot more of them compared to the trophy so i see your argument um it's still it's a very tough question and also i kind of think it's like a you know which one do you like more do you like winning awards more do you like having shoes (laughs) I think my and the basis of my argument is more of the respect that you gain throughout mm-hmm. the league and the rest of you know the people that fall behind you. I guess it's that exactly. type. Of, even if people don't know about it as much, I think it's just the respect and uh, the legacy that you left behind for players to come. That's a hundred percent true. If you get a shoe deal, that just means you know you're a star. I guess yeah. NBA likes you for a little while. So, uh, but that's that question. This other question, I'm uh, I didn't send it to you, Jacob, but I'm looking at. Um, it's not all of the draft class, but it's it's which draft class is better, and it's just four people from each. And I'm going to let you tell me which one's better. So the first draft class is 1998, and the four players listed are Mike Bibby, Vince Carter, Paul Pierce, and Dirk Nowinski. Is that, draft, is that draft class better than the 2009 draft class, which is Steph Curry, James Harden, DeRozan, and Blake Griffin? And you obviously you're looking at overall careers. You know, the four below are still playing, but so what yeah, they've done so far. Done a lot already. Uh, what are the first four again? The 98 is Mike Bibby, Vince Carter, Paul Pierce, and Dirk. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's so tough. You have a lot of MVPs, a lot of all-star games, a lot of awards, uh, like we've already talked about. Mm. 
my initial gut reaction is to say 2009, mm -hmm. but I'm going to actually go with 1998 for a couple of reasons. Um, yes, the, I'm not going to do the longevity and people are still playing argument because that's not totally fair to mm -hmm. 2009 draft class. Um, but the thing against them is Steph Curry's kind of held them down for all of the accolades and winning points of it. You know, Blake Griffin hasn't really won much. James Harden, he might get there this year. Mm -hmm. And then uh, DeMar DeRozan was, you know, got traded right before they won something. So I think the winning aspect of it is just not there compared to 1998. Yeah, Mike Bibby and um, Vince Carter didn't win championships. Paul Pierce only won one. Dirk won one. Still, 2009 has more total. Mm -hmm. But I think the two things that um, I think you have two kind of game changers in 1998 compared to 2009. Actually, that's Ah, oh, shoot, that's so hard because James Harden has kind of changed it. But I'm still going to go 1998. Um, you know, Vince Sandy is just unbelievable. Um, Dirk, those two guys played for 21 and 22 years, respectively. Um, I just think they have an overall, you know, well-rounded career compared to these guys who have picked up the last few years. Steph Curry's been good after about his third year. Mm -hmm. James Harden was good after his, like, kind of century when he got traded to the Rockets. Um, Blake Griffin started great, fell off pretty hard. Um, but overall, those guys from 1998 came into the league and made an impact and held that throughout their career. Yeah, definitely a tough one here. Um, you know, I, I would say Paul Pierce kind of was a game changer. I'm not going to, he didn't change anything about the game, but he was just very good at what he did. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, he got known as the truth and won a championship. And, you know, he was, him and him and Dirk were basically homers. You know, Pierce went off and did other things at other places, but we don't consider his career outside of the Celtics for the most part. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think obviously baby kind of brings the 1998 draft class down. Whereas if you look at Oh nine, you could really say Blake or DeRozan. I think they've been more consistent. Now that's a little disrespectful to Mike Bibby, but right. Mike Bibby did jump around to a lot of teams and was really only successful with the Kings. Whereas I feel like Griffin was successful with the Pistons, kind of, and then obviously yeah, now he's a he chance to win. Yeah, I mean, he was individually successful, and then he snooped them, and then with with the Rosen, he's been successful with the Raptors and the um, uh, what you call it, the uh, team he's on now, the Spurs. Jeez, can think of them. Um, but I I'm gonna go ahead and give it to the 09 class because I really think this is between Steph Curry and James Harden against uh Dirk and and Vince and, and Vince Carter. Um, you know, obviously those two guys played phenomenal for a long time and, and Vince completely changed his game, but just the way that Steph Curry can score the way that James Harden scores, I think, I think they just edge themselves just a little bit more. And I think it's, I think it slowly becomes down to Steph because he's the greatest shooter ever. You yeah. know, I think that's kind of end all be all. I don't disagree. I, I kind of agree that those two stars outweigh the other two. I just think of it as a, as a collective, mm -hmm. uh, you know, career, I think I would give it to 1998. But, you know, fun fact of the day for those of y'all listening, me and Drew back in, I think, eighth or ninth grade AU summer tournament, went to Las Vegas tournament, played Mike Bibby's son and his team, should have won the game, some BS calls by refs, um, but not not a very good, not a very fun guy to play against. He was kind of after us for sure. But yeah. you know. it didn't help that his son was on the team as well. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so, so we're going to move on now, talk about some NBA now. Um, what what a play in series out of out in the West. Every single game was close. Every single game was good. But we've got to talk about this Warriors Lakers game. What a freaking game! What a what a finish! Um, you got to feel bad for the Warriors. Obviously, they didn't make it to the playoffs. 
unfortunately, and they had a real shot to beat the Lakers, which going into it, honestly, I think the me me and Vuchkov were on last week. Shout out to him for coming on. Um, but he he kind of talked me into like wanting the Warriors to win this game. And I was like fully bought in. I was like, I think the Warriors have a shot to win this game before I was like, no, nah, it's Lakers all the way. Um, and then Steph came out and, and balled and the Warriors kind of balled. But unfortunately, LeBron is a little too much, a little too much. What were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think that was definitely the best uh, playing game of all of them. Um, the Grizzlies and Warriors game was fantastic as well. That also came down to the wire with John Steph battling it out at the end. Um, but that Warriors-Lakers game, man, I, I was just in there. I watched the game from beginning to end, stayed up late for it here in Central Time. Um, man, it looked like the Warriors were going to pull it out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, first half, they kind of dominated the Lake. LeBron and AD and Dennis Schroeder were like a combined, like, six of, like, 25 from the field in the first half. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're superstars like that, you know you're not going to play that an entire game. Yeah. Um, and the Warriors and Steph just didn't have the supporting cast for Curry to be able to pull out the win, make the necessary buckets, like the Wiggins of the world, Ken Bazemores, Draymond's. Um, they're missing two other players in Wiseman and Ubre. So I'm sure that would have helped. But um, and what a fun and fantastic playing game that was. For sure. Yeah. And and it definitely, I will say this Draymond is as bad as he is on offense and as bad as, as much as we all hate him, he is phenomenal on defense he's a phenomenal facilitator he knows Steph Curry now I'm not saying Steph Curry would be he wouldn't be this great shooter you know he's only this great shooter because of Draymond but he's definitely elevated because of Draymond um he elevates him absolutely yeah absolutely for as much hate as he gets um and people never really talk about this as much um Draymond is probably one of the smartest players in the NBA yeah him taking all these you know charges you know maybe cheap shots but it's really at the end of the day him trying to make plays and make his team win. Um, and that goes very underrated uh, for people who don't really understand the game of basketball. Yeah, I, I honestly, as as much as I hate to say it, I, I kind of played like Draymond Green. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's kind of as an understatement for those listening. He was exactly Draymond Green. <laughs> I wasn't as dirty, though, in the sense of, like, trying to be not dirty. Like, if I was going to be dirty, I just – I was dirty. I, you know, yeah. I didn't care. Um, but, yeah, so, again, unfortunate the Warriors aren't in the playoffs. I think we all wanted to see playoff Steph um, and see what he can do and some noise he can make. But, again, as you mentioned, the Grizzlies um, beat the Warriors. And out in the East, uh, well, we'll get to the East later, but those games sucked anyway. Um, so we're going to go and look just at a reaction of game one. All game ones have been played up to this point. Uh, only two game twos have been played. But tonight – um, then we're recording this on Tuesday, but tonight we'll have multiple, more games, uh, more game twos played. But just game one reactions. Um, first up, let's look at the Utah Jazz. Um, first of all, they, they decided to sit Donovan Mitchell. Do you agree with that decision? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing there's something that may just be lingering that's a little bit more painful or something that, you know, hasn't been released to the media that's probably going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something like I never want to put a full on like criticism out is about injuries. You know they want him out there. I know he wants to be out there to help his team win. Um, I just don't have the experience nor the knowledge to really comment about the injuries. But, I mean, if it's something that's just kind of nagging and doesn't seem too serious, I mean, I would hope that they put him out there at least for game two tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, you you never know just with those types of things. But shout out to the Grizzlies coming in and playing. They're looking like kind of those old Grind City teams, but in a new era version. Mm -hmm. Um, I've become a huge Dylan Brooks fan. 
Um, I, I didn't really like him when he came to the league that much. He just kind of, you know, was an average NBA player, and he just took taken off to be a fantastic role player for the Grizzlies. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. Um, just from an aspect of like he's not the most skilled, the most dominant player, but he gets he gets his shots. He he's great on defense. He was the one who was guarding Steph um, majority of the game. Same with the the Rosen and the Spurs game. Um, you got to be now in the NBA. I will say this: unlike March Madness, as we talked about, you know, this it's a seven game series, so you know you might give up a game or two. Um, obviously, you don't want to, but if you do, it's it it is okay. You know, you can come back from it. Um, and I think the Jazz aren't wanting to rush rush Mitchell back, um, even though Mitchell as a player wants to play. I don't think the doctors and coaches staff um, think that he needs to play just yet. Um, if they if he doesn't play in game two and they go to down 2-0, he'll play in game three uh, yeah. for sure. So yeah, that game two is kind of the deciding factor. I'm guessing he probably won't play. And if they pull it out, you know, mm-hmm. still take it easy. But you know, I'd start to worry if they go down 0-2, especially losing at home twice uh, to the eight seed Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they, they play they played a they played Wednesday night, so you know he's had a couple more days to 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 mm-hmm. rest. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm I'm not saying we we told you so, but we we knew the Utah Jazz weren't going to be the most dominant one seed we've ever seen. Yeah. So especially without their superstar, you know, it was not it's not a crazy sight to see the Grizzlies take Game One. Um, and then we'll go ahead and go to the Trailblazers game real fast. Um, you know, again, no surprise there that they won. I I've been calling that upset. Both these teams can score the ball very well. They actually played Game Two and literally they had the almost the exact same score just flipped. So yeah. it's gonna go to this series is gonna go to seven um, games for sure. It's gonna be a close one. Um, your thoughts on this series, Jacob? Yeah, uh, first two games have been fantastic, and you know, led by the star players uh, for each team. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're starting to see, you know, Michael Porter Jr. You know, as he's done all year, kind of make a name for himself, and that he's, you know, kind of going to be that not prodigy in a sense, but you know, that number one recruit coming out of high school after that big back surgery. You know, he's coming to and kind of understanding his role. And now Jamal Murray out, he has to be that number two option. But, you know, what it really comes down to is um, not their stars and who can produce. You know, is it the Robert Covingtons, uh, the Ennis Cantors, or is it the Monte Morris and Fozzie and all those guys that can make other plays and make big shots to win games for these teams? You know Jokic, you know Michael Porter, CJ McCollum, Dan Lillard, they're all going to get theirs. They're all going to have big games, put up big numbers. But can these guys – shoot well from the field, play good defense, you know, make the plays necessary to win a playoff game. Exactly. Playoff games are much about stars as they are about your your role players. I will say this, the only nice thing about Jamal Murray being out for this Nuggets team is it's allowing Michael Porter to take that next step. And, and, and you know, they might be a super scary team with those three guys in the future. So be, be wary some of this Nuggets team. Um, and then going to the Suns-Lakers game really fast. Um, again, hey, Phoenix is Phoenix is the real deal. CP3 is the real deal. Um, now it's just one game, but I mean, it could happen. You never know. Yeah, and you have to feel bad for CP3 too. I don't know the status of his injury or if he's mm-hmm. going to be available for game two or not. But um, you hate to see that for the success he's done and brought to the Suns this year. Um, you know the CP3 effect. You know every single week we talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. You hate to see him go down. I hope he comes back because he's such an integral part. But, you know, shout out to DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker in their first playoff game. They played phenomenal. Um, not many people who, who didn't watch the game, DeAndre Ayton outplayed Anthony Davis the mm-hmm. whole 48 minutes. Um, but, you know, be wary. It is the Lakers. It is the defending champs. 
Anthony Davis played bad last year in game one against Portland, put up like 12 points last year. You can't never count this Lakers team out. They're going to bounce back. And I think this is going to be a closer series than people think. Yes, sir. I think it definitely will be. One thing I know everyone's happy about is to see Devin Booker playing in the playoffs. Yes. We wanted it a year ago. We feel bad for him for his first couple of years. He's finally in the playoffs and he is showing out. So Devin Booker, I, I'll go. We're going to crown someone else as a superstar. I'm almost willing to crown Devin Booker as a superstar if he plays well in this series. Yeah. Um, if he was, if, if you didn't think he was already a superstar in, in before. Um, and then we go to the final game out West. Um, I say this one for last, of course, because it's your Mavericks. Um, and they come out and they win by 10. And I'm going to let you talk about this game, Jacob. Let's go Mavs. That's what we needed is a game one victory, at least to take one out of LA. Um, man, what a win. Um, and these Clippers, I don't know about them. I, they just don't seem like they click at all. You know, they've been up and down all year. They have a new head coach. Yes, he was their assistant. But, you know, they just seem like they haven't meshed well at all together. I saw Ty Lue said he's going to put Kawhi Moore on Luka in game two, and we'll see how that plays out tonight. But the Mavericks find a way. That's what they've always been really good about is finding a way to switch, you know, the not as good defenders onto Luka and him to be able to make plays. Um you know, I'm going to be uh, say something. They're going to take game two tonight as well. I really believe that. And I believe that because not because of KP. He's going to have a breakout game at some point this series, but it's the way Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jalen Brunson. Like I said, role players are going to make a huge difference. And those two played absolutely phenomenal in game one. And I don't expect anything less in game two. Now, I just I just uh, had we – ju we just released our Splitting Up Rights episode, and we brought on a, a football player from a and He's a huge Mavs fan. He he told me his top three hated players right now are Dwight Powell. He absolutely hates him. He doesn't like Jalen Brunson, which I was like, that's a surprise because everyone right now in Dallas loves him. I don't like him at first, but I love him. <laughs> and then he doesn't like Kristaps, which, I mean, they those three are all – I think those three guys um, haven't had the easiest road right now. I mean, I agree with KP and Dwight Powell. I think KP's underplaying now. Um, and I when I say that, you know, what he did in New York – Everyone thought he was going to be come over and do the exact same thing. He did tear his ACL, um, or he messed up his knee. Doing he messed he tore something in his knee. Um, so he, not everyone is the same player once you do that. So I think it's taking a little bit of time. I do think though that like if the Mavs are going to be successful in the future, you got to get some some help for for Luca. You know he's going to be able to do it, but at some point in time, like it's it's going to be too much. You know, and yeah. he he is he carries ninety five percent of their load. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I and I don't – and I hate because, like, KP's seen, you know, how we, we've talked about his interviews and his attitudes mm -hmm. in uh, weeks past. Um, he seemed positive about the playoffs, about his, you know, his role going in the playoffs. He seemed good about it. Mm -hmm. It's just – personally, I think for the Mavericks to be successful with Luka and KP, KP has to be the third option. Mm -hmm. And would, would that be okay with him or not? And, and that's going to be a very, you know, critical piece moving forward for the Dallas Mavericks. But, you know – like you said, if he, you know, really finds his rhythm, he it can be dominant and be a huge asset to the Mavericks like he has shown in his mm -hmm. spotted times where he has shined. It's just can he do that consistently? And, you know, that's something to look forward to. Exactly. So th this should be a fun series. And, you know, after watching the, the Jazz-Grizzlies game, uh, and this is no disrespect to either of those teams, I think the winner of this 4-5 matchup not doesn't have an easy way to the conference finals, but they're my favorite to go to that conference finals. So uh, very, very important season. If the Mavs go to the conference finals this year, I think that's huge. 
I think someone someone will will want to come to them in free agency, which will be a huge uh, boost for them. Demar Derozan. <laughs> I don't know if you guys want Demar. The only bad thing about Demar is he just shoots mid range. That's yeah. his, I saw some TikTok the other day um, about all the different teams' shot tendencies throughout the whole year, and they had these little like almost like hexagons around the court. Almost every team had a majority of three point shots. The Spurs literally had no three, like none, no three pointers at all. And it's just because of DeRozan, um, he's yeah. a great player. And I think he'll go help any team out there, but I don't, I don't think the Mavs need DeRozan. Yeah, but, not know. either, but I um, think he'd be a bad asset. Now I will say this there. I do have a bone to pick with Mr. Mark Cuban. Um, so if he's listening to this, this one's at you, Mark. Um, I was looking at playoff tickets to potentially go to a game, you know, playoff mm-hmm. basketball. I haven't seen playoff basketball here in Dallas in a while. Um, you know, last year, obviously COVID and everything like that. And then before that had been like three seasons before. So I was like, Hey, you know, maybe we'll look. So I looked at game two in LA on accident for yeah. like nosebleed seats, $70. Okay. And you're like, all right, in LA $70. And then I looked at a Lakers game, same seats, they're like $300. I'm like, yeah. I'm like what the heck? So I was like, okay, well, let me go click on game three of the maps. Cause uh, you know, that's when they play at home it's almost $200 to go to a nose weekend. I was like, dude, like, no way. I'm just going to sit at home. Yeah, well, Mass fans are going to be excited and Mark Cuban knows will show up. You know, he's a business fan, so he's mm-hmm. not going to make them outrageous, but they're, they're going to be pretty pricey to get your well, hand on some tickets. Well, I wonder how much capacity, because if you saw the Knicks game, the Knicks stadium was almost full. So what I saw, apparently uh, the Mavericks got approved to be near full capacity. Gotcha. So I think that, you pretty much means block out some of the sections right behind the benches and stuff, you know, what, they, what they've been safety, and then pretty much everywhere else can be fine. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I think that's what everyone else has been doing. Cause the TV, like what you see on the TV is you just see the players in that back little area. And then like everywhere else when they pan it, it's like full of people. You're like, like, it, it is awesome to be able to hear real fans cheering, not mm-hmm. the blasted in, you know, fake fans cheering and booing, but it's, it's happy and exciting to have fans back as long as everyone's safe. Now, I will say this, and this is part of the, um, you know, I, I'm not a people, I don't like people sometimes. I like to go, to, when I go to games, I like to enjoy it. When I went to a Mavs game this year and there was no fans there, it was probably the most enjoyable experience I've ever had at a basketball game. Literally, no one sat next to us. No one sat in the row behind or in front of us. We were able to lay our feet or sit our, or send our feet above the seat on the seat below us. You know, when people got up, they didn't have to walk in front of you. They got, yeah. they walked up or down and walked around you. Most enjoyable experience I've ever had. Yeah, I um, agree. I went to one earlier and it was so peaceful, especially as a basketball fan. You just got to watch the game and enjoy mm-hmm. it. You know, sit there, I like two or three beers, just hung out, wasn't trying to get drunk, just enjoyed basketball, watched every little part of it without having obnoxious fans, you know, cut you off 10 times, you miss a play or whatever. It was yeah. very enjoyable to watch. So I, I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the full stadiums. Um, in like blowout games or just games I want to go watch but then I'm also looking forward to back to having that the um, you know atmosphere of those of, of like playoff games or close games and stuff like that so um, I'm looking forward to that but that's going to do it for the West Talk we're going to take a quick ad time out here from our sponsor anchor.fm when we come back we're talking about the Eastern Conference see you guys after the break and we are back as I just mentioned, we just got done talking about the Western Conference. So if you want to listen to that again, for some reason, go listen to that again. But we're here talking about the Eastern Conference now. Um, we're not going to talk about those playing games because playing games sucked. Um, but we'll go ahead and talk about uh, your round one reactions here in the Eastern Conference. 
Um, there were some very, very entertaining games here. We're going to start off with the Bucks Heat. They have played two games, so we have two games to talk about a little bit in this series. Um, Jacob, I'm going to start with you, sir. Your thoughts on this overall series right now? Yeah, um, it's revenge season for the Bucks. You know, I think they have a chip on their so- shoulder last year um, from losing, I think, 4-1 to the Heat last year uh, when the Bucks were obviously the more talented team. Um, they've added a few pieces in Drew Holiday, uh, P.J. Tucker, uh, things to really solidify their roster to really make a good playoff run and not be embarrassed like they were last year. Um, they look fantastic. They're playing pretty good defense. They've held a Miami to pretty low scoring games, first two games. Um, they've locked up Jimmy Butler, done a good job on Bam. Um, they even won a game, game one, the Heat hit 23s and they still won. Um, and that's kind of hard to do in the NBA. If a team is hitting from three, um, 20 plus threes, that's hard to win those games. Um, Giannis looks good. He looks dominant. But the thing I'll say is Chris Middleton is a star, man. People forget about him all the time. Um, but going down the road, if there is a close game, I think they're going to end up blocking up the series. Please do not put the ball in Giannis's hands to take a final shot. Chris Middleton is can make plays by himself with the ball like he did in game one to close that game out. Um, I think he has to be your closer going forward. You can't rely on Giannis. Uh, to make a jump shot when you need it. I think Chris Middleton has to be that guy, but then Giannis do what he does throughout the rest of the game and dominate and hopefully not be in that scenario at the end of the game. Yeah, it is um, it is scary. You know, in, in game one, the Heat kind of went off in the three-point line. Bucks were still able to pull it out. But then in game two, um, Milwaukee shot lights out. You know, Brian Forbes, who was on the Spurs a year ago, had like 20 points and – he was, I think at one point he was like six, he had six made threes, I think, or he maybe had seven made threes in the game or something like that. So, um, you know, the, they are a good team. Um, and yeah, I think, I think they really want to win this series just because the Heat beat them last year. Um, you know, and, and Chris Middleton is, I, I don't know, I couldn't, I couldn't think of the person he was like in a sense where, you know, he's not the star of the team, but mm-hmm. he, I mean, I guess you almost say like a Kyrie Irving to LeBron James in a sense. You know, Kyrie Irving, and when they were in Cleveland, with the game on the line, who would you want to take that shot, Kyrie or LeBron? You know, Richard Jefferson has come out and said Kyrie Irving is the guy I would want to take that shot, and he was on that team. So Chris Middleton's almost that same type of guy, I guess, where, you know, you're going to put the ball in his hands at the end of the game. He's proven he can do it. Um, and, you know, he's not a superstar. He, you know, he was an all-star a couple years, a couple seasons ago. Um, he's a good basketball player. He's a good defender. He's a good, he's good shooter. Good. I wouldn't say he's like a, you know, a one-on-one type of guy, but he can go one-on-one. So they're very interesting and they've played very well. But again, I think they're going to beat the heat. I have no questions about that now, but I, once they play Brooklyn and once, and if Brooklyn is at full, full health and full go, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah I will say one thing. I think, um, as much as I hate to say, like, I like Brook Lopez. I like the guy. Like, he's gotten some good minutes. But, like, once they get past this, like you had mentioned, if they play Brooklyn, um, he's probably not going to get a ton of minutes. They're probably going to play a little bit smaller and probably play Giannis at the five. While Bobby Portis out there with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and any of those rotational guys like a P.J. Tucker, Dante DiVincenzo, mm-hmm. Brian Forbes, um, they're going to have to play a little bit smaller because Brook Lopez is just going to get torched by anyone else on the defensive end. So I think mm-hmm. – they're going to have to adjust their rotations a little bit to be successful and you know do what they want to do, make the finals. So no, exactly, yeah, it's um, it, it's definitely interesting. And and Bobby Portis has played very well. 
Um, PJ Tucker is a great guy that you could potentially put at the five, but he can guard anywhere else. So they have a lot of great matchups and it'll be, it, I really hope that they do play Brooklyn in the second round. I really think they will. Cause that'll, that, that'll be one of the more entertaining round two matchups that we'll see this, this yeah. season. So, but they've played very well. I've got nothing bad to say about them. You know, as much as, as much as we've dogged, as much as I've dogged Milwaukee so far, I, I've got nothing bad to say about them. Um, but then that leads us into the Brooklyn uh, Celtics series. Um, and it's time, you know, it is officially time to crown Jason Tatum as a superstar. You know, they, they won the play, they won the playing game against Washington. No surprise, even though they've played battle year. Um, but and he, he is just a really good basketball player. He's yeah. a really good scorer. You know, he's not the best on defense, but like he's offensively, he like is second team all defense last year. Was he not? Oh, he might've been, but yeah. Anyways. I mean, he's not, he's not like a shut down defender. Yeah, he's not like I a Drew Holiday or someone like that. He's just, you know, I, I, it's, it's, he, he's just a really good basketball player. I really enjoy watching him play. Unfortunately, a Celtics team kind of sucks this year, but he's almost single-handedly kind of bringing this team to where they're, they can compete. You know, um, he had 50 in the playing game. Um, and, and, you know, he had 22 in the, in the, uh, in the, in game one, but he's really their only option right now. Um, you know, Kimba's not the same as he once was, you know, their second highest scorer, Marcus Smart, who we all know is not a scorer. So yeah. you feel, you feel bad for the Celtics, but Jason Tatum, at least from the five out guys, like you are a superstar in our eyes um, at this point going forward, Brooklyn look a little, Brooklyn looked a little rough to start. They kind of got their footing in the second half. Um, are you worried about the Nets going forward? Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm hesitant to say that they're going to, easily come out of the east Mm -hmm. um and i say that for two reasons like on both ends of the spectrum you know um the good part is they beat an okay celtics team they're not fantastic they don't have jalen brown they're like they're okay they still have jason tatum a couple of other good guys good coaching and whatnot but they still ended up beating them by 10 points and Mm -hmm. they didn't have their best showing um you know all the way from top to bottom and and that's scary if they really put together i don't could imagine what the score would be 30 35 points mm-hmm. so you never know but it depends on what team you're going to get that night and so it's kind of you know a, a two-way street it's you don't know what's going to happen that night um but if they really get it together man that's just going to be a scary sight for any team um but i'm just, i'm not fully confident in them that they will you know mesh and you know have that chemistry going down the road for the rest of the playoffs yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, they have, I don't think, I don't, they might sweep the Celtics, but they at least have three games to kind of get their shit together. Yeah. Um, you know, they might give one to the Celtics, maybe two, but I, I see Brooklyn winning this series just because the Celtics aren't the same Celtics of a couple years ago. But, um, you know, they, ha- they have a couple games to kind of get their footing before they have to go play Milwaukee, who, as we just talked about, looks really good. So, um, that that tough that round two will be a tough test for Brooklyn and you know depending on how they play in that series if they get to that series if both teams get to that series will kind of be the showing of you know if they're if they're ready to make a playoff push or not Um, and then real fast the 76ers Wizards not much to talk about here at least from my point of view Um, you know again another just like the Suns with Devin Booker it's nice to see Bradley Bill in the playoffs and he's been in the playoffs before but um, he I don't think he wasn't as dominant as he is now um, so it's nice to see him in there. Same with Russ, but they're just overmatched against the 76ers. Yeah. yeah. Sixers just from top to bottom, all their rotations, they got solidified. Doc Rivers has done a hell of a job there. Um, they look good. They're in a good position. They're playing good basketball. Tobias Harris is being that second option. 
um, on offensive end at least. Um, so they look they look good, and uh, I'm excited to see what they can do the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, and it's kind of scary to because we all know Ben Simmons is their their second best player, and he only had six points, but he had 15 rebounds and 15 assists. And yeah. Joel B had 30 points. Tobias had 37. Like they're if they're playing like that, they could make a playoff a, a championship push here. Um, but you got to stay consistent. You got to stay healthy. And the only bad thing about the Celtics, or not Celtics, the 76ers in recent history has been injuries. So hopefully they can stay healthy, make a push here because they are they are a pretty good team. But I mean, they did beat the Wizards. The Wizards suck. So <laughs> it's as simple as that. And then the final game, the Knicks Hawk. The Knicks-Hawks, what a game um, won for these two teams. Um, Ice, Ice Trey, baby. He, I, I love watching him play. Um, I saw a TikTok, too, of this one guy, you know, talking about the game. He's like, oh, I hate the Knicks. And he's at the game, right? He's like, I hate all the Knicks fans. There's almost a full-capacity crowd. Um, and, he's, and he's sitting next, like, close to Trey's dad, right, um, at the game. And after the game, Trey, like, looked over and did that and whatever to his dad and you know his dad's like kind of getting teary-eyed it's just a special moment you know in madison square garden you do that yeah um, i think wins his first ever playoff game that he's ever in um super cool moment for both the city of new york to have to host a playoff game and then for the the hawks to win their first playoff game in, in the next amount of years so um exciting series i'm looking forward to it jacob yeah no that, that was an awesome game one um gets me excited for the rest of the series we both agreed that this is probably the most exciting um, series on, on the Eastern Conference side of things. Um, we think it'll go six or seven games pretty easily. Um, yeah, what a special moment that was. And I just got to say, if you're the Hawks and the Mavericks both, and y'all made that trade, y'all both got to be so happy. Um, even as a basketball fan, even if you hate the other team because of the trade, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, excited. I'm excited for Trey Young and the Hawks to be successful, be in the playoffs. My Mavericks there too. Um, that's a very rare thing to see a team two teams be successful from one trade um mm -hmm. i think that's super cool um i think the knicks will get it together i think they'll i think they'll take game two and hold down the four up in madison square garden um i think they'll want a little revenge probably get after trey young a little bit on the defensive end make him do some other things but man one one special moment and it's going to be one heck of a series i hope i hope this one goes to seven i I don't ask for that often, but I want this one to go to seven games. Yeah, and it, it sucks, too, because it's like it's almost one of the most, you know, un, or not meaningful series because whoever yeah. whoever wins has to go play the Sixers. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be a fun series, but it's like they're overmatched, which, I mean, you know, crazy thing is the Eastern Conference um, uh, finals appearance team last year, the Heat, came from this game. So you never know, but – um, I, I highly doubt either of these two teams. I just don't think they're ready. Both of them, really, this is the first playoff experience for a majority of them. So Yeah, I th that'll be good for both of them. Hopefully mm -hmm. go six or seven games, get as many games under the belt, even if one has to go home. That's really going to help all of them and in, in all. Exactly. So, um, but that's it for the, for the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're not talking about those playing games. Uh, I do have a question for you about the play-in tournament here in a second, but before I get to that, there's one more thing I want to mention. One thing I love about NBA and especially the playoff times is the amount of memes that come from these games. We had so many memes just from one week of games, really one weekend. You had the Clippers um, meme whenever Kawhi dunked on Maxi Kleber, RIP Maxi, because that was disgusting. Um, when that happened crying he had lebron james crying um and i saw i don't know if you guys saw those memes uh where the, the guy got hit in the face with a ball the mets guy he was yeah. down for like 36 seconds and then someone else 
something else happened and they were down for like 30 or like 40 seconds, 50 seconds. LeBron was out for like 80 seconds after getting poked in the eye. Um, truly is the, the drama king. He's not just the king. He's the drama king of the NBA. Um, and then the, the, the last one too, which, I mean, there hasn't really been a meme, but just kind of the crazy thing is Durant's when he fell on the damn, uh, <laughs> on the court and then hopped up, like nothing happened. That, that was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one thing I love about the playoffs is there are always a ton of memes, you know, obviously you get the LeBron meme with, with, uh, J.R. Smith. So watch out for all those. Oh yeah. Did you see the, uh, Jamal Murray one with him with the smiley face hat and he was like super pissed off at the rest and stuff <laughs> Yeah, so there, there's always funny memes out there during this time of the year. Um, but then my last question to you, Jacob, was the play-in tournament a success? This is the first year they've really done it. We did it last year in the bubble, but I'm not going to count that. This is the first year of really the, the full play-in. Was it a success? Um, I'm not going to do the yes and no. I hate doing that. I'm going to say yes um, very hesitantly. Um I thought it was very successful because um, the West side specifically, <laughs> those were good games. Those were all teams like right around 500, right over 500, deserving to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, their great games pretty much came down to the wire in all three of those games um, and were exciting to watch. But then on the other hand, you had the Eastern Conference and they all sucked. All three of those games were, were you know, just unappeasing. Um, even if you don't know a thing about basketball, you're like, wow, this shit sucks. So. <laughs> But I think it was successful for the fact that you see teams, even if like they're right there, because if you think about like Charlotte and Indiana, where they and Washington and Boston, yeah, two of them were two or three games over the nine and ten seed, but mm -hmm. they still have a chance to make it. So, you know, and those seven and eight seeds were four or five games. So, do they really deserve to be in the playoffs? I, you don't necessarily know. So, mm -hmm. I think the plan tournament was successful in that sense, even if the games weren't. Um, super successful and exciting on the Eastern Conference side. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it really makes, you know, we, we kind of saw LeBron talking about, you know, oh, I don't want to play. These playing games are stupid. But it really makes you like have to win games that you probably would want to rest on just so that you don't have to play those seven, eight games, you know. And it is really scary. You know, we saw with the Warriors and Lakers that, you know, one game can be won by anyone. You know, out East, we didn't see anything. But, you know, shout out to my Pacers for, for showing up in game one and then game two getting smacked the exact same way. Um, right. But it's whatever. Uh, so, yeah, so and, and out West, every game was won by five or less. Out East, every game was won by 18 or more. So <laughs> two yeah. tells of the story there. Um, you know, obviously they did this so that teams weren't taking loads off, um, like I said in the past. Um, but I think this was more of a West problem fixer than an East because the East yeah. – you didn't really have this issue of like, oh, one team deserved to get in over the other because of, you know, records, whereas in the West, you always had that issue. So right. solve that problem. And out, out East, I think you just give teams more games, playoff, you know, for, for draft implications on where they sit and whatnot. You know, if they have a tiebreaker, this is a tiebreaker. So I overall, I think it's a success. I think this will be implemented into a yearly thing now. I mean, if it already isn't. Um, but I think we'll start seeing playing tournament games um, every year. And yeah. honestly, honestly, at this point, have have them do a, a playoff for the for the lottery. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you win you win the lot, you win the tournament, you get the first overall selection. Yeah, and then just based off record, go after yeah. That. I mean, if I was the team with the worst record, I would just lose anyways. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, just just make it interesting. You know, the lottery, they've tried to do a lot of different things where they've done, like, every team in the top three had the same odds. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's good. 
but I do think like having them play more basketball, even though no one's going to want to watch, um, one is more revenue for, for teams and TVs and everything like that. But just to give the teams more opportunities to play, maybe see new guys, do something along those lines or play a tournament based on how you finish is, is your odds or something like that. Just, uh, have something different for us to watch, but, um, that's going to do it for us here on the five out podcast. We, we are so excited to watch more playoff basketball. Um, as we mentioned, we've got three games on Tuesday night. I think there's three on, um, on Wednesday night and you got more, more games every single night. Um, I will say Monday kind of sucked that there's only two games, you know, having the four games on Sunday, Saturday kind of, you know, was a lot. And then having two games, I was like, Oh, this sucks. So having three games, I think is that right medium, but uh, that's going to do it for us here. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. And that's going to do it for us here on the five out podcast. Thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more of our content, we post episodes every Thursday talking about NBA, all things basketball on this podcast. You can check us out on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. If you look us up on YouTube, though, you have to look us up at Sideline Sports, the channel name. You'll see all of our content there. And if you want to look us up on Apple or Spotify, just check us out at Five Out. We're on those platforms as well. We're also doing some college basketball interviews. We release those every Monday, so be sure to check those out as well. Those are pretty cool. Um, make sure you guys subscribe and follow on all those platforms too. It's 100% free for you guys to do. All you guys need to do is have an account that that is also free, but all it does is help us out. So please, if you could go ahead and hit that like, subscribe, follow button, whatever the platform tells you to do, please hit it. You can also follow us on Twitter at five underscore out. We post daily content there. Be sure to check us out on that platform. You'll be able to interact with us a little bit more and then check us out on uh, Instagram or TikTok. If you, if you prefer those platforms better, we're on sideline sports. You'll see a lot of five out content there. But you'll also see some of our other uh, podcasts as well. So be sure to check that out. Thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, all around the we world. To the beach, y'all. Let's go. All around the world. Yeah, I know. This is so, so gay. It's going to be a beautiful day of yes, basketball here today, folks. We're not talking about just regular basketball. Nah, We're talking about street ball. Street, street ball. ball will be played today. And coming into the court right uh -oh. now, man, Bow Wow and his teammate. Right, right now. Bob, hey. what's up, man? Hey, hey. All right now. He'll wave at us later. Basketball is my favorite sport. Uh -huh. I like the way to dribble up and down the court. I keep it so fresh on the microphone. I like no interruption when the game is on. on. I like slam dunk to take me to the hoop. Yeah. My favorite play is the alley oop. Uh -huh. I like to pick and roll. Oh. I like to give and go. Oh. And it's basketball. Bow out. Let's go. All around the world. Oh, geez. Oh, oh. Beautiful dunk. In my hands, ain't no telling what I'm gonna do with it. Okay. When I got possession, I'ma have to fool with Go it. Ahead. I might cross you up and fake one way. Turn around and hit you with the MJ fadeaway. I'm throwing dime passes like J Kid, taking uh -huh. cats to the rack, and uh -huh. I'm dunking on them right. Uh -huh. C Mac, when I'm in the plane, I play with that Alonzo uh -huh. style. I'm like Darius, cause I can Don't too many players get offers like me. Uh -huh. Back and forth, I likely shake the checks uh -huh. off your Nikes. Okay. They almost had me in a suit at the drive, cause it looked like a free throw, and I be shooting from half. Oh. The first step, like Iverson, blow past you. Oh. You leave nothing but net, but I could go. 
go blast too. When I'm in the paint, the defense so shook. They don't know if I'ma put up a slow hook or dish off a no look. See, my game consists of a whole lot of moves you would think I learned from the Harlem Globetrotters. JD gon' lead us to a ring. Fab and Bow Wow's the only players that make cheerleaders wanna sing. Yeah, put it up. The night MJ scored 63 points when the Lakers won titles back to back. Didn't give nobody no kind of slack. When Vince Carter came, stuck his arm in the rim. Everybody went crazy in the whole damn gym. To Kimbe Matumbo standing tall. Playing D with desires. Basketball scene. That's so nice. We got to play that. Break it down, Cap. Now, let me show you what's going on right, right. here, man. Yeah, See, yeah. that's not a finger roll. That's what you call it. Finger roll. Finger roll. You got to sing yeah. it like that, man. My uh, daddy told me that before he left the family. The reason why they won, like ladies that. and gentlemen, because they had more points. More points. That's a side 